Happy opening week, everybody. College basketball is back. The great Tony Bazella from Seton Hall here to talk about what we learned in day one and the Pirates who have a very interesting road ahead in the Big East. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Welcome to Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi there and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Over at Lockdown Women's Basketball, we have six podcasts a week. We show up for you. You show up for us, over 160,000 of you in October alone. So thank you so much for being loyal listeners. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. I just found out that's a thing. Make sure you tell people that this is the Women's Basketball Podcast to listen to. And of course, it is not just me. It is the incredible team across the board over at The Next. At thenexthoops.com, we have over 100 reported pieces every single month. Our team swarmed on Big East Media Day, of course, with T. Baker, with Gigi Spear. Make sure you're following thenexthoops.com. Subscribe for $9 a month, $72 a year. You get over 100 reported pieces in your inbox every single month. And so a lot of them revolve around a day one for the ages, a very interesting day one in women's basketball. Tony Bazzello, the head coach at Seton Hall, one of the people who don't, doesn't just talk the talk, but walks the walk when it comes to growing this game, is here to take me through it. Segment one, we're going to talk a little bit about what we learned from day one. Segment two, all about this Seton Hall team that has some turnover, some really interesting pieces put together, and an opportunity for them to learn together here on the fly during what is your always unforgiving non-conference schedule ahead of the Big East. So let's start here with day one. Just, you know, as somebody who I know doesn't just coach but loves the game, what were your biggest takeaways from sitting and watching here day one ahead of your uh, debut uh, tonight against Iona? Howard, thanks for having me. Congratulations, 160,000 subscribers. We need to double it, triple it, quadruple it. And I'm a proud subscriber. I, 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 I've done it from the beginning um, because it's a great, it's, 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 it's a great forum. Uh, for women's basketball, and we need to support it. It's very unbiased. It's very down the middle. You report, and that's really important. And I and I thought, you know, um, to be blunt, I'll, I'll say how I feel. You know, at fifty-seven, almost fifty-eight, entering my eleventh year at Seton Hall, and um, my uh, over thirtieth year as a, a head coach, and uh, this will be my twenty-fourth year as a Division One head coach. You know, I, I I think you could see. You know, money doesn't buy wins. And we've had a bunch of teams yesterday that spent a lot of money in, in the offseason mm-hmm. and didn't didn't equate to wins. In fact, they equated to really poor play, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, we want to be like the men's game and we want the publicity and the notoriety. Well, you know, with that comes a little bit of, uh, you know, accountability. And I know we ask our players to be accountable, but I am as accountable as, and, as is my staff. And I think there's a few coaches out there that got to take a look in the mirror and realize you know writing that check or getting those nlis or nils whatever 
Um, doesn't guarantee you wins. It was fascinating to see, you know, LSU falls to Colorado here in day one. And, you know, it, it's it's a sliding doors industry, right? You can look so easily. And we've talked about this on the podcast that, you know, this this is a team in LSU that won it all last year. And you get in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And they have justifiably started the year atop most people's list of the 2023-24 season. It is also very easy to look back and say, but for a pair of missed free throws late in the game against Utah, that's a team that loses in the Sweet 16. You know, and, and those types of realities mean that what was given is not guaranteed going forward. There are obviously some tremendous pieces on this LSU team. Are you seeing in LSU fixable problems when you come out of that day one loss to Colorado? There's obviously time to do it, you know? And absolutely. And listen, Coach Mulkey is a great coach. I'm just one of the all time, you know, what what she's did at Baylor and what she's accomplished at LSU is phenomenal. And, and again, my opening remarks were not a criticism of her. It's just, you know, what this game has become that's more my interesting look like everyone wants to still perceive it as a pure just you know kids stay at school four years fantasy land that it's not anymore and and, and coach monkey's following the rules and did everything perfectly and, and she's going to fix it there's no doubt in my mind i think it's more of uh, are the players going to listen are the players going to be committed to winning and winning it, it you have to put a lot of hard work in and i know last year lsu was the underdog and a lot of people you know didn't you know, perceive them as going to win the national championship. And I think they played with that chip on their shoulder. And I think, you know, looking at yesterday, they didn't. And you give Colorado a lot of credit. I think Colorado is one of the most underrated teams in the country, has one of the most underrated coaches in the country, another phenomenal coach. But, you know, you, with with all this, this money and glamour comes a lot of more, you know, you got to focus and it's, it, 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 and you got to know that you're still playing against really good players and Colorado proved it last night. And I think it'll make for an exciting year because there's no guarantees. But with that being said, like I said, early on, you know, you got to put your time and effort in. And I, and I think deep down coach Monkey's not happy. She lost, but she's going to utilize this in making them a better team throughout the year. That's for sure. In my mind, Howard, I am sure of it. And, and we saw a similar, um, Frustrating at times performance out of Notre Dame in the same way that South Carolina was oddly counted out in some quarters, which I, I was just like, what are we doing here? Don Stale is the coach. Camilla Cardozo is going to be a monster for this team in the middle. Raven Johnson came into her own late in that season. I, you know, I can't say that I was surprised by what happened yesterday in Paris between South Carolina and Notre Dame. But like, what was your take on it as you're watching that game? Yeah, and, and I did get a chance to watch it. And, you know, let, let's just start with anyone who counts South Carolina out. I mean, look look who their leader is. Mm-hmm. I mean, their leader is the ultimate winner. You know, forget her NCAA championships or her, her, her gold medal championship. She's a winner. And, and I will tell you this, she, she, she's, she's coaching her kids like they're the underdog. She likes this. And they came out and they played with that edge yesterday. I mean, they're they're rebounding and they're I, I gotta tell you, Howard, their physicalness was phenomenal to me. I mean, they were just banging Notre Dame and banging Notre Dame. And, and you know, it's hard for 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 that physicality to 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 to, to be just told. You have to 
your players have to buy in and, and Dawn got them to buy in. They were I thought I, I came away from that more than anything with how physical they were and, and how they played with that chip on the shoulder. And, and Notre Dame, listen, they're they're missing one of the best players in the country. There's no question. It's not easy to replace a kid like Olivia Miles. Um and stuff. And she's had some new kids in. But I'm sure she walked away from there very disappointed because at Notre Dame, you're not supposed to lose by 30 points to anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest, you're Notre Dame. But that's another really good coach who's going to utilize that. But what I will say about LSU, Colorado, Notre Dame, and South Carolina, they played each other. This is what we need more of, Howard. We need more really good games the first day. We need games that are people are like, wow, opening day of women's basketball. Let me watch these games. That's what I'm talking about. I thought that was great. Look at Louisville. You know, Louisville played play, play Cincinnati, a nice big rivalry game. Like, we need more games like that. There were so many games. I, I looked at some of these Power 5 conference teams that, you know, talk about how good they are. Who they're playing is just a disgrace. Like, that's not the opening game that we should be excited to go see. But you got to give Notre Dame, South Carolina, LSU, Colorado, your Louisville, Cincinnati. You got to give those schools credit. They're all challenging themselves early on. Power five against power five. And and I thought it was great. That part I loved. The other parts were looking at some of these other power four schools, power five, whatever's left. It was embarrassing. Like that's what we're opening our year with. No. Yeah. And, and and for us, you know, I'll say it for us on a on a different end. Yes, we're not opening with Power Five, but we're opening with a team that won their conference championship last year. That obviously there's a some sort of rivalry because I coach at Iona, their head coach is um, uh, uh, my former point guard. But at least there's some idea on why we're opening up with who we open up with. Um, some of these schools, it's just not that way. They're just paying fifty or hundred thousand dollars to play a team that's just not their level, and that's sad in a way too. Especially some of these uh, bigger conference schools that you know, brag about how good they are. I, I mean, quite frankly, the idea that Iona wouldn't be on your schedule uh, defies logic. And we'll talk about it because your your non-conference is always one that gets you ready for the Big East. Like I said, you know, you walk the walk. You don't just talk the talk. But we're going to get to that in just a moment uh, because the schedule is tasty. And this Seton Hall team is really interesting to me. First, though. I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel because FanDuel has a very interesting offer right now. Although, quite frankly, and Tony's a Jersey guy like I am, it's one you may not want to take advantage of with the New Jersey-based NFL teams. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So again, your team wins, you bet $5, you get $150. Over at FanDuel. Now, if you're, let's say, the fan of a team in the NFL who is two and seven and has lost their quarterback for the season to an ACL tear, they may not be the ones you want to choose. Or if you're rooting for a team that has a good defense, but Zach Wilson as the signal caller. Maybe not, but I, I've looked into it. There are teams outside of the state of New Jersey you might want to look into. A FanDuel has everything, of course. They've spreads, player props, over, under, and more. Go over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and help kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Again, you when you guys have Sunday games, everyone's just come to Walsh, obviously, because who's watching the NFL in the state of New Jersey instead? Not in New Jersey this year, unfortunately. Our, our Jets did not play particularly well. I did want to point out before I move on, 
Look at USC and Ohio State played each other yesterday. And obviously, you got to showcase a great player in Juju Watkins um, that was just phenomenal. And I, I, I thought, you know, USC and Ohio State to play each other says a lot, too. You know, obviously, Lindsay's a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, Kevin's obviously I know I know well as well. But, you know, that, that just shows, again, two teams that are showcasing their great players. And they're both going to be very good, those teams as well. Juju got uh, Juju Watkins, 32 points on 15 shots. Oh, my God. Freshmen are supposed to be all over the place. They're not supposed to be efficient like that. Uh, but, no, it's true. And we are willing. We're obviously a New Jersey. You talked about we have no bias in this program. And we have a bias. We, have, we are biased in favor of the state of New Jersey. But we are willing to talk about New Jersey-adjacent people. And Lindsay Gottlieb, pride of Scarsdale, New York, of course, somebody who we are willing to talk about on the program as well. But let's get back to Seton Hall. And it comes down to something very simple. You guys have nine newcomers. And again, you know, to sort of kind of bridge it, you have not allowed that to change the way you approach the non-conference. And Iona has a terrific program. So no one should sleep on Iona. But look at what you're doing this week. You're then going to Columbia. To win up there is a very difficult thing. There's numerous teams found out during the WNIT this past year. You're playing Rutgers on the 15th of November. That is always a battle. And then, speaking of Juju Watkins, I mean, <laughs> on the 20th of November, you guys are facing that USC team as well on a neutral site. As a coach, and like you said, you've been doing this a minute, right? What are the things that you do to prepare a team of newcomers like this? Wow. You know, I wanted to always play a challenging schedule. And, you know, you know, when you make the schedule early on, you don't anticipate it going to be, you know, so many new kids. But in today's day and age, you almost have to. We had all our kids graduate. We only, you know, lost one underclassman. The rest of our kids all were graduates of graduate school kids. They all, you know, so it's not like we lost a lot of kids. You know, for us, you know, we, we want to challenge ourselves. And I, and I just think, you know, playing different styles and different teams are important. But for us, Rutgers is important to play every year. You know, I've said this to Coquise. You know, we, we do have, you know, before Vivian, um, you know, left, she scheduled this home and home. You know, we need Coquise to continue to do that. We need to play Princeton. They're one, another great team in Jersey. We need to play Columbia. It's a very good local team. We need to play some other local teams. Iona's won their conference championship. Let's play them. You know, um, FDU, who we're playing, had won, you know, won their regular season last year. So mm-hmm. let's, let's continue to play these teams in you know, our area that are really good. But we also have to generate excitement for the state. I, I, the state of New Jersey has great girls basketball players. And we need to showcase our colleges against each other, not against schools that we've never heard of. You also, and again, after you now with Steph Gately, I can't wait to see what they're going to do uh, this year. But you also have UNLV coming to Walsh. UNLV, I I mean, they had 30 wins last year. You know, this is a really significant program. And and so, like, what you talked about, to me, it's twofold, right? When we talk about the non-conference, it's this idea that, like, yeah, the, the preseason top 10, top 15, they have to schedule a lot of one another. And uh, Gino, obviously, has done a terrific job of the UConn. You know, Dawn does a really good job of that in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. There are other programs that are, uh, let's say, getting there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I'm pleased to see the progress forward. 
Um, and I, Utah is a great example of a team that's doing that this year. And Colorado. Colorado doing it yesterday. So seeing that is going to be important. But just as important is, you know, that the depth of talent in this sport is so significant that making sure that mid-majors aren't left out in the cold as a result of it. And so just I'm curious, like, take me through how UNLV comes to be on your schedule, because and again, it's funny you talk about power five to me. It's just and and this goes back to like the Big East is as important as any conference in the country. I know there'll be a lot of conversation at the end of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten has, I think, um, 38 teams next year. You know, so there's just a lot going on. But like it matters, right, that the Big East is having, you know, one of its signature schools having UNLV come to pass. How does that come about? It was interesting because we're always looking to play one real, you know, unique out of conference game that, that has a really good team. And uh, mm-hmm. so we were looking and UNLV contacted us and UNLV has to, you, it was funny. I talked to, to, to coach uh, Lorac, um this summer. I'm like, well, why did you, you know, want to come here? She's like, you know, it's funny, Tony, you say that we have to close our school, our arena now for almost two weeks because the rodeo comes into town. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you know how it comes in town for like those Dallas teams? Well, it comes in town to us mm-hmm. and we have to travel. And a lot of teams, you know, there's no real tournaments for us to travel to. So we thought a, a nice visit would be, let's go to New York City. So we wanted to get one of the better teams in the area. So we contacted us and it was great. And then they got another, you know, uh, you know, solid mid-major team. Not, I think it's Manhattan. And, um, you know, they said, listen, you know, we're going to come there for about a week. And we're going to utilize this, this, this as, as our trip. So she did. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll repay um, the trip back to them as well. Um, because I, I just think it's the right thing to do. And, um, you know, for them to, you know, come here with such a great program and, you know, coach is one of the, you know, rising stars of a profession. She's, you know, a Stanford person. She's played, she's from Vegas. Um, she's gonna, she, you know, they're really good. They return four starters. So it'll be a great challenge for us, but it also helps showcase the big East onto the West coast because that game will be either televised through, you know, TV or flow sports or, or ESPN plus. And, um, you know, the West coast people will be able to see some East coast teams. And I think that's important because when you also do sit in a room and you're voting for your teams, there are West coast representatives. So what better not opportunity for Seton hall to the West coast people who are selecting the teams to see, yeah, we got to win the game. We have to win the game if we want to be considered, but, or play a really competitive game. But if we don't play UNLV, then the people from the West coast don't even know who the hell Seton hall is. Right. And now those people in the room, whether it's the commissioner of the Big West, commissioner of the Pac-12, whoever it may be in the selection committee, has a, oh, Seton Hall played a team from out here. How'd they do? This team's really good. Seton Hall won. They must be pretty good. So it's, there's a lot that I do this for a reason. And you see it. It's reflected in the players that you have, that you bring in. You know, you have some transfers here, whether it's Asia Davis coming from Northern Illinois. You brought in the SWAC freshman of the year and Micah Gray from Texas Southern. You know, there are talented players from all over. It's Jersey is, as we know, the breadbasket of American women's basketball in terms of talent. But there is talent all over. And this has become, in fact, a global game. It's something we see with your roster year after year. I do want to turn it local, though. And we also got to talk about Azana Baines in segment three. Uh, But first...
So back with Tony Bazella here in segment three. And you talked about, you touched on it. Iona, and again, I also want to shout out, Iona won 26 games last year. Iona went to the NCAA tournament. Like this is, this is not a gimme game. This is a difficult game and brought in a talented coach who you are very familiar with, who obviously took FDU all the way to the NEC championship game last year against Sacred Heart. But what is that going to mean to coach against? It's not the first time. The coach against a former point guard of yours. What is that moment like as a coach? She's a friend of mine, too. And I think that means more to me than anything. When I took over at LIU, there's an interesting story. Um, Andrew just got in there as a junior college um, player as well. And we didn't really have a point guard. Tamika Dudley, whose um, daughter Kendall is one of the best players in the country, who's also a good friend of mine, um, you know, was playing point. I'm like, I kind of want to move it to like a point forward. So I need someone to play the point. So I said to Ange, you're going to be the point guard. She said, I, I, and she, you know, she had an accent back then. So she, she kind of said in broken English, I, I really don't play the point. I'm like, well, you're going to play the point. Third game against Loyola, Chicago on the road. We lose. She commits 10 turnovers. Um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, was this the right decision? I'm thinking to myself. And Ange's like, no, I got it now. I'm like, really? She's like, no, I got it. And just fought and played and was um, MVP of the NEC tournament. And we went to the NCAAs that year, played LIU, it's where I got to know Gino. And right. uh, Gino obviously beat us by a lot, but Gino and I became friendly then. And, and I consider Gino a friend now and a mentor. Um, and, uh, you know, Ange, the second year, had a great year for us and suffered a concussion uh, halfway through the championship game, uh, which we were up six points at the half. And uh, she had 20. Um, mm-hmm. And then we lost that game. But we've, become, we've stayed close ever since. And um, I love Ange. I, I, you know, I'm thrilled that she's the head coach at Iona. Um, I couldn't ask for anyone better to coach at Iona. And um, she's going to do a great job there. And, um, you know, I, I'm just thrilled to open up the season because I thought it was important that we open the season up with a really good uh, team. And, uh, you know, with some sort of rivalry and some sort of excitement in it. And, and I know we've gotten that. So I'm excited for that. If you are anywhere in the area, please, I can't stress this to you enough. Your life will be better. Go to Town Hall Deli. Grab a sloppy Joe, head on over at Walsh Gymnasium, historic Walsh Gymnasium. I've said it before here, and I'll say it again. It's just such a spectacular place to watch a basketball game. And something, and my, gener- my family's done it for generations. My father saw the elder John Thompson play there uh, during his Providence year. So it's been, yeah. I mean, to walk into those doors, it's very meaningful. I love the Hall of Fame. As you walk in from the outside, there's a sense of history that goes along with it. But it's just just remarkable and a really important place to be. And so before we go, just to talk about not just to be there, the what, the how, but Azana Baines is essentially, I think, the most significant player on the Seton Hall team, uh, a returner. Honorable mention, I think, in the Big East. Uh, yeah. preseason, uh, I have, I, I don't know, between uh, Azana and uh, Christina Dolce, I think there were a couple of players where I said, you know, I think at the end of the year we're going to be talking about them in a different tier than we are at the start of the year. But Azana, obviously significant, helpful to this team, at times off the bench, started 13 games last year. What can she be? What's the biggest thing she needs to add to her game or has added to her game that you're seeing we now get to see heading into what is year five for her playing college basketball. Yeah. I'm a Jersey kid. We're thrilled to have her. I was 17 and eight, her last 10 games. Um, She finally got healthy then. She's got a big year. 
you know, you, you brought up Christina Dolce, Azana Baines, Lucy Olson, another great player in our league, the place of Villanova, really one of the most special point guards in the country. People need to watch her play. They all have something in common. They all played on the USA 3 by 3 team. Right. Different teams. One was younger, the Dolce and 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 uh, and um, Lucy, but some older. And they all played in the three and three, you know, teams. And they got better, you know, led by Jen Rosati for USA Basketball and all the great coaches they had. These kids got better. And three and three really exposes you. And I asked Susanna what she really needed to work on. She goes, "My defense." And I'm like, "You're right." And she goes, three and three. I really had to, you know, put an effort in because there's no extra help in that. You better guard your kid." And she did. She's gotten a lot better in that, Howard. I strongly feel she should be on the draft boards. She's shooting the three fantastically. I think this kid who, you know, had five or six or eight three-pointers in her career will have 30 to 40 this year. Mm. Um, she shoots the ball well. She works really hard with my staff, led by uh, Coach Jose Rabimbas with her. Um, I, I, I really tell you, she's a first-team all-conference player in any league in the country. She's become that good. And she's an amazing person. And when your leader is as humble as she is, then you have a chance to have a really special year. And that's why we will have a really special year. I mean, if she is shooting the three at her size, six one, you know, suddenly yep. you're looking at a prototypical wing. But again, playing those, those three on three makes such a huge difference in terms of adjusting to the speed of the game. I, I always, you know, again, you go back to this is the way in which you play is so personnel based. But I know, obviously, last year playing a little bit slower than typically you have in the past. Are you hoping to be, let's say, top 100 when it comes to pace? Or is that something that you're going to let dictate by personnel? I think dictate by personnel. I mean, we're still going to play at a quick pace, whether we're 80 or 105. I don't know. But, you know, we have a tremendous point guard again. Um, you know, we had a great one, obviously, with Lauren, and and then we've had some great ones before that, obviously, with D.D. Simmons, Shakina Richardson, you know, Deja Simmons, who was here yesterday. You know, Inya Butina was another tremendous point guard here. Um, we've had some great ones, and um, I think that's really, you know, one of the things about Seton Hall. Um, we've had great ones, but, you know, Amari Wright is the next in the next line. She, she's a very good player. She's the fastest kid end-to-end -end I've ever coached with the ball. She's wow. the smartest defender I've ever had. She's a tremendous player. She will lead the Big East in steals, won't even be close. And mm -hmm. she just brings a different look to us as the point guard. Not, It's just different. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. She's just different. But it is a winning, winning um, way. And we're going to win with her as well. Um, you know, I, I love her. She's a great kid. She's put her time in. And um, fortunately, we have her, um, uh, you know, still here. And she's, she, you know, lived to her, you know, um, edict to us you know i'm gonna be here at seton hall that's what i want to do and she could have left and gone to other places and she stayed here and now she's gonna be one of our stars i really believe it and tony is not overstating that listeners 4.6 was her steal percentage last year good for 22nd in the whole country and seeing what she does being out there all the time will be fantastic well listen i i uh, deeply appreciate that you shouted out the Jersey roots uh, of Azana Baines, who, of course, played at Gloucester Catholic for um, I, I see a young up and coming coach, Lisa Gadaka, you know, known as Lisa Angelotti. Um, yes. Has a chance, I think, to do some good things in this game. What is she, the all time South Jersey wins leader? Th her 30th season? She's done okay. <laughs> but, you know, again, you know, she had a good mentor, too. 
uh, in college as well, as we know with Coach Beretta and everything. Too. Very true. This is very true. And I love just the way it all comes full circle. So, listen, always love talking basketball with you at any level in every way. Tony Bazella, to our listeners, thank you for being part of listening every single day. We'll be back tomorrow with the new general manager of the Chicago Sky because we are here 24 7. 365 Talking Women's Basketball. Until then, I am Howard Magdal, wishing all of you a wonderful day. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.